This is WRFR LP 93.3 in Rockland, coming to you all over the World Wide Web at WRFR.org. 100 years, Dan. Can you believe that? The Strand is 100 years old. And do you know what that means? It's time to clean out the lost and found box? Well, all right, yeah. But more than that, it's time to celebrate. And that's what we'll be doing at The Strand all through the year 2023. And we'll get right to it when I say, All right, look sharp! The Strand is on the air! From the dozens look a day over 20 stage of the Strand Theatre in downtown Rockland, it's the Strand on the Air Centennial Special, featuring the music of Brittany Parker, 100-year-old jokes from the Strand family players, and our 21st century musical guests from the Midcoast Music Academy. I'm your aging, gracefully, announcer Dan Bookham, and here's the old lady herself, your house manager Liz McLeod. neighbors and step right in. I can take your ticket as the Strand celebrates its 100th anniversary and we get a quick start on our second 100 years tonight. Comes now Brittany Parker. The wind is blowing, the frost creeping in. My soul is aching for love to begin And I can't think of anywhere that I would rather be Than with you under the marquee My head is swimming just thinking of you My cup is brimming when you are in view So please help my heart keep and meet me under the marquee The bright lights on these cold nights Bring me cosmic Troubles just float along the breeze when we're here under the marquee. Troubles just float along the breeze 
Brittany Parker rolls out the centennial carpet for us, and stepping along smartly close behind comes a man scarcely halfway there, our announcer, Dan Bookham. Ah, uh, it's quite a celebration. Did I hear you shooting off firecrackers before the broadcast? That? Nah, that was just my knees popping in and out of joint. You'll find out about that stuff for yourself in a few years' time. If not already. And speaking of time, it's time for the news. Good evening. I'm Chamomile Bourgeois. And I'm Carl Stuffel with All Things Rescinded. In Rockland, Maine, a local theater is celebrating 100 years of entertaining its community. And there's nothing that attracts notice like a big year-long celebration with special shows, special events, and special fun. But as with any big event, and with so many people contributing to that event, there's bound to be someone who feels left out like the world's foremost Warren G. Harding impersonator, Mr. Warren G. Harding. Standing in this presence, mindful of the solemnity of this occasion, feeling the emotions that no one can know until he senses the great weight of responsibility. Uh, just just a minute there, Mr. President, uh, if I may interrupt. Uh, you're a Warren G. Harding impersonator, and... Yet your name is, in fact, Warren G. Harding. That's right. I had it legally changed. It seemed to make things easier going through airport security. Ah, so you travel in character. Ah, rank has its privileges. When you're the president of these great United States, doors open. Except revolving doors. I hate those. But I have to ask, I mean, I've met Lincoln impersonators, George Washington impersonators. I even had a friend who used to work weekends as a Grover Cleveland impersonator. And it made sense. I mean, you know, everybody likes Lincoln, everybody likes Washington, and I I guess Grover Cleveland is kind of lovable in a in a goofy uncle sort of way, but Harding? Ugh. Nobody likes Warren G. Harding. Well, I wouldn't say nobody likes Warren G. Harding. If you look at the historical record, you'll find that he's actually not considered the worst president anymore. Especially after, well, you know. Look, can we get to the point here? If they don't want us in Rockland, we can get a two-day booking at an Odd Fellows convention in Bowling Green, Ohio. Bowling? Oh boy, I love bowling. And you are? I'm his manager. President Harding's manager. Nan Britton. Her, her name's Nan Britton. No, it isn't. For the last time, Melvin, stop calling me that. My, na- my name's not Melvin. It's, it's Warren G. Harding, and that's Mr. President to you. Uh, look, we can either do this interview or forget about it. Either way, I'm sick of the whole business. You're, you're the one who wanted to go on tour. I was happy doing nice little presentations at elementary schools. But you, you wanted to take it national. Oh, that's your whole problem. You never did have any ambition. That, that's, not, that's no way to speak to the President of the United States. I was even going to appoint you Postmaster General or Secretary of the Interior or something. But now I won't. Oh, go sit on your teapot dome. I hate to interrupt this uh, summit meeting, but, but I wanted to get back to the Strand Theater Centennial, 
they've got a year-long series of classic films. They've got special community events. They've got youth programs. Just what would a Warren G. Harding impersonator add to the festivities that they don't already have? Look, Warren G. Harding was president of the United States a hundred years ago, all right? And here he is, in person, sort of. That's bound to bring people out. Everybody wants to see a sort of president, kind of, am I right? It's the dignity of the office that attracts them. Notice how the stiff collar helps hold my head up? Pretty good, huh? You don't get that kind of dignity in a golf shirt. We offered them a week's run of meet and greet in the lobby for a flat 2,000, and they didn't even respond. For an extra 500, he could march up and down Main Street wearing a sandwich board. 100 years ago, I was president, and all of Rockland loved the Strand. Where else would you get a publicity tie-up like that? I mean, sure, there's that Coolidge impersonator in New Hampshire. But he doesn't even talk. If only we had more public figures like that today. And thank you, Nan Britton. I told you! That's not my name! And reasonable facsimile president Warren G. Harding. Meanwhile, planning for the Strand Theater Centennial not only includes the big events of the present, but also a fond look back at the theater's illustrious past. There aren't many left whose memories go back to the Strand's early days. But down in abysmal Point, Maine, you'll find one who does. And that's our old friend, Edith Menharden. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I used to go up to Rockland uh, to see the moving picture shows all the time. Yeah, I used to love to go to the Strand. You didn't have movies in abysmal Point then? Well, we sort of did. Uh, for a little while, anyway. Uh, when I was a, a very little girl, why... I remember we used to go out to Grange Hall, and we used to see, uh, used to see Charlie Chapman. Don't you mean Charlie Chaplin? Who's that now? You know, the, the little tramp. Oh, no, no, no. They didn't put up with no tramps in the Bismal Point in them days, no. No, over to Culvertville is where you'd find them. Uh, yeah, down near the rail yards. Uh, they, they'd come up from Boston in the summer to visit, you know, and, and kind of see the sights. No, no, what what I mean, look, I'll just skip it. You went to see Charlie Chapman. Oh, did you know him? Oh, I'd have figured he'd have passed away long ago. Please, refresh my memory. Oh, yeah, well, uh, uh, Charlie Chapman uh, was this fellow lived over to St. Siston. Uh, had a little mustache, uh, and uh, every Saturday night, why, they'd, they'd put on shows over here at the Grange Hall, and, and we'd have movies. Because we, we couldn't actually afford to have no uh, actual movies, uh, but what they done was uh, uh, they got this Charlie Chapman to stand up front there on the stage, and then they'd, uh, they'd shine this big carbide fog light on him, and then he'd, uh, he'd kind of dance around, and he'd scratch his head and wiggle his cane and whatnot, and uh, he'd, he'd do that for a time. And then at the end of it, why, his wife would come out and uh, hit him in the face with a pie. There. It was, uh, usually it was lemon whip, but uh, sometimes they'd have uh, uh, coconut custard. And people thought that was funny? Well, uh, there was some humor to it, you know, when she'd forget to take the coconuts out of the shells. 
But say, I, I guess it does take some context uh, to appreciate the uh, social commentary there. Well, comedy's come a long way in a hundred years. But when did you start going into Rockland to see shows at the Strand? Oh, I must have been about oh, 10 or 11 then. Oh, it was such a beautiful place. It was all these dark green walls inside and the dark brown seats with the leatherette cushions and all these big dark maroon curtains up front with the gold trim hanging on them. Oh, it was like you was walking into a castle, you know it? And it, and it, and it made you feel, made you feel like you was... Like it was a princess walking in the door there to take your seat. Of course, uh, my pa uh, found feeling like a, a princess uh, a little unsettling at first, but uh, eventually he got used to it. Well, it sounds magnificent. No, oh, it was, it was. Uh, I felt guilty sometimes uh, about throwing my peanut shells on the floor. Uh, see, that's what you had to eat then, the movies, uh, peanuts in the shell. Um, I guess they hadn't invented popcorn yet. Uh, oh yeah, they had this this big pipe organ up in the balcony there, and that's what they played the music on. And all during the movie, you'd hear these peanut shells cracking right in time to the music. Oh, it was glorious. Who were some of the stars you saw then? Well, of course, in them days, everybody was uh, strong for Francis X. Bushman. Yeah. Uh, we used to say the X stood for extra, because uh, he was, uh, <laughs> he was, you, you know. <laughs> uh, and then we caught on to Rudolph Valentino. Oh, well, they just want no restraining us then, no, sir. Uh, we'd go home with peanut shells all over our clothes, because uh, we was too excited to throw them on the floor. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was something. And then, of course, uh, rest his soul, a poor man passed away. Yeah, we was all heartbroken. Yeah. My big sister uh, swore that she would never eat again. And what happened? Well, uh, she caught one look at Raymond Navarro with his shirt off, and, uh, well, uh, she got her appetite back. Well, all of that was a, a long time ago. Do you still go to the Strand? Oh, yes. I go to the opera sometimes. Uh, it does my hat good to see so many of these young people today, these uh, folks 70 and 80 years old, uh, why, getting interested in such things, you know? Uh, I, I invited a couple of them over to the house one time to, to listen to my Alma Gluck records, and, uh, well, they weren't too impressed, but... Uh, I guess they're not ready for that level of uh, of singing quite yet. Uh, you, you know how it is with kids today. It's, it's, they're often afraid to venture outside of their comfort zones. Well, all in due time. And thank you, Mrs. Edith Manhattan. Finally, while a centennial celebration may be all about looking back at a proud history, it's just as important to look back at what the future may bring. And who better to do that than professional futurist Worlda Tomorrow? That's me. I assume that's a pen name, um, because the, the coincidence would be... Absolutely. Uh, I figured I needed something more appropriate than my real name, which is Day After. Uh, day After Tomorrow. Uh, yes, I, I can see where that might be too much. Exactly. 
I'm all about the future, but there's such a thing as trying to look ahead too far. So let's talk about the future. The Strand is over 100 years old now, 100 years old this month. But I think it's legitimate to ask, will the Strand, or, or will any theater, uh, still be around 100 years from now? Well, we've seen tremendous changes over just the past 20 years or so in the way people enjoy entertainment. There was a time, in living memory for most of us, when the idea of watching a full-length movie on a device held in the palm of your hand would be considered ridiculous. That's true. That's true. Squinting down at some tiny little screen covered in cracks and fingerprints, straining your eyes and trying to keep those little earbud things from falling on the sidewalk while you walk out in front of speeding cars oblivious to any hazard. Just 20 years ago, that would have seemed not just ridiculous, but let's be honest, uh, stupid. We've come so far. Uh, that's one way of putting it, I guess. So what sort of changes might we expect a hundred years from now? Will there still be theaters? Well, I think it's more accurate to ask, where will the theaters be? And I think the answer to that will be found in your own head. Oh, I don't like the sound of that at all. Uh, there, there's too much inside my own head now. Uh, I don't need to add any more. What I need is a tap so I can drain some of it off. Oh, you'll adjust. Everyone will adjust. You see, there won't be much choice. We're already well on the way. Think of how important technology is to our daily lives now. Think of how dependent we are on that technology. Next time there's a big internet outage, look at the people around you. See how their fingers twitch and their eyes flicker and they start to sweat. Connectivity is as important now as breathing. And by the time the 22nd century rolls around, well, it's like the saying goes. Uh, resistance is futile? Well, okay, that wasn't the saying I had in mind, but it does work. People will just have to get with the program. The metaverse is just the beginning. Well, we'll cross that connection when we come to it. Uh, getting back to theaters. The time is fast approaching when you won't see people wandering around in a daze staring at their phones. That's very obviously an imperfect implementation of the concept. Before today's school children graduate, that'll be as antiquated as a transistor radio. The time will soon be here when all the entertainment you could ever want will be beamed directly to a Wi-Fi chip permanently implanted in your cerebral cortex. With just a twitch of an eye or a clenching of a jaw muscle, you'll be able to flick across thousands of streaming channels, access any musical performance, or experience any film or drama or opera or any kind of performance that you could ever possibly want to see, all created for you through the power of AI. Every breath you take will be a new experience. Ah, I already feel that way whenever I go up a flight of stairs. But honestly, though, won't people get bored? No, and that's the beauty of it, because the chip is directly implanted in the brain, and it will also control the flow of neurochemicals that directly stimulate the pleasure centers. Boredom will become physically impossible. But what about the simple pleasure of, of walking into a theater and taking a deep sniff of that aroma of fresh, hot popcorn? It's all in the chip. You'll be able to get virtual popcorn with any topping you want. And if you spill it, 
Don't worry, the virtual janitorial droid will be right along to clean up the mess. It'll all be right there, in your mind. But you won't have actually eaten anything. No, and that's the beauty of it. No more worrying about those extra calories. You'll get all the sustenance you need from a nutritionally balanced chemical slurry anyway. But with the chip, it can be any meal or snack you like. Even milk duds? Even milk duds. Well, I'm sorry, but I just don't like this future at all. What happens to all the people who work in theaters? What happens to all the actors, all the writers, all the technicians, all the people who create and produce entertainment? Their future boils down to three words. Learn to code. Well, I've got three better words. Computer and program. And for this evening, I'm Chamomile Bourgeois. And I'm Carl Stuffel, unplugged with all things rescinded. And as Carl and Chamomile rush to the break room for a centennial cupcake, we turn to welcome our musical guests this evening. You know, celebrating a big anniversary like we're doing this year at The Strand means we'll spend a lot of time looking back on the past, but that doesn't mean we've lost sight of our future. Twice a year, Midcoast Music Academy takes over our stage to give us a solid look at the talent of tomorrow, and their most recent recital showcased a group of young people with some real talent, as you'll hear in this number from the MCMA Jazz Ensemble.
That's a selection written by the great Herbie Hancock and performed by the rising talent of the Midcoast Music Academy Jazz Ensemble. And we'll hear a bit more from them later in the broadcast. You know, we're proud to cooperate with MCMA in presenting all these young performers on our stage and on the air because our community involvement is a big part of what we've been all about at the Strand for the past hundred years. From bond drives and salvage campaigns during World War II to our annual Fill the Strand food drive for the area interfaith outreach in more recent times, the Strand is proud to be part of Rockland, and we hope you'll be proud to be part of the Strand. Join us for all our special centennial activities this year, and while you're at it, join us as an actual member. Sign up at the theater or learn all the details at rocklandstrand.com. Ahem. If it please you, I have a word to add. Professor Bookham, you're a bit early tonight. Your piece isn't scheduled for a while yet. Ah, but I have so much to say. An epic poem tonight, tracing the entire noble history of the Strand Theater. If, as you listen, you occupy a seat... I guarantee to have you upon its edge. Well, I can go for that. Proceed, I bid you proceed. Very well. I shall. (laughs) A hundred years to celebrate at the dear old Rockland Strand. We'll cheer and roar and hip hooray and raise a joyous hand. It was built on Rockland's main street by the local family Dondis. Lasted all the way from 23 to a century beyond this. A century of films and shows to keep us entertained. To while away dark winter nights and Sundays when it rained. The 20s roared and then depression stretched out its bony arm. But to the strand came endless crowds from town and field and Arm. Came then the war, and on the screen flashed military praxis, and Strand patrons stepped right up, bought bonds to beat the Axis. The fifties and the sixties, man, brought forth the baby boom, as families, both big and small, laughed, cried, and filled our room. But on came television, with its glitter and its flash. Strand audiences dwindled, stayed home and watched it, I mean, tremendous shows. And that's fine. I mean, some of them were really good. And it's natural people would have fallen out of the habit of going to the theatre. But it's also too bad because there was lots of good movies out there. I mean, did you even see Lawrence of Arabia on the big screen? Uh, Tremendous. You're getting a little off the track there, Professor. Oh, a valid point. Uh, May I uh, resume? Please do. You, you, you've got half a century left to go. Very well. <laughs> Came then a big decision to split the strand in two. With two screens up and downstairs, there was twice as much to do. Exciting action thrillers and science fiction capers. Those zany 80s comedies gave mom and dad the vapors. But VCRs and DVDs, or DNCs compromised as strand operating budgets strongly economized. 
Monday evening buck nights and films on second run could not stave off the trouble. The golden days looked done. Came then the new millennium. The strand sadly closed its doors. Till came the family Simmons and construction workers roars. Brace up all the brickwork, new plaster and new paint. They thought the strand was done for. Matt Simmons proved it ain't. Came then another decade, another bold new age. The Strand became a non-profit, turned a historic page. Movies, live music, are our butter and our bread. Learning and community, enlightenment we spread. So here we are in February of 2023, a hundred years behind us, and a future yet to see. Me, I'm always at the Strand to share the downtown love. In fact, I'll be back Monday to look for my lost glove. Anything else? And as the professor digs through the lost and found box, Brittany and the boys find their way to the microphone for a rousing bit of station identification. You're listening to The Strand on the Air Centennial Special at WRFRLP 93.3 in Rockland and coming to you all over the World Wide Web at WRFR. Halfway down and halfway to go, we return for the second portion of our Strand on the Air broadcast. Well, big things are happening as we look in on our friends down in Abysmal Point. Down by the water and over by the dock, we find Mrs. Grundon and Lolita in the clam shack engaged in an intense conversation. Brittany and the boys will take us on down. Here they are. You're never going to get away with this. Oh, you always say that. That's because you never get away with it. Name just one thing I never got away with. Just one thing. Clam-flavored peanut butter. That wasn't so bad. I mean, the smooth kind was pretty good. It was the extra chunky that didn't sell. I won't make that mistake again. All right. What about the abysmal point clam diggers calendar of 2016? Well, uh, Twelve pictures of Merton in an iridescent Speedo? It was at, all right. People around here just don't understand that, that's all. I'll have you know it sold very well in Rockland. Look, I don't see what's so hard to understand here. Let's go over it again. Tell me exactly what it is that you want to do. All right. You heard Edith on the radio today, right? Radio? Yeah, 1970 wants its mass media back. How do you get your eyes to roll like that? Are they are they mounted on a ball joint or something? They just get a lot of practice, that's all. But anyway, yeah, Edith was on the radio. Oh yeah, and she was on there talking about that theater they got up to Rockland having its centennial. I read all about that in the newspaper. It's big publicity campaign, special promotions, a whole ball of wax. And So you tell me, why can't we do that right here? Well... Once again, before you have a centennial, you have to have something that's a hundred years old. Who says? Um, I don't know, the dictionary? Ah, but the dictionary don't have the force of law, now does it, huh? What was it that Thomas Jefferson said? When I use a word, it means just what I choose it to mean, neither more nor less. And I agree with him. Thomas Jefferson didn't say that. (laughs) So you know more than they do on Facebook. Thomas Jefferson didn't say that. 
Humpty Dumpty said that. You mean the potato chip guy? Humpty Dumpty from Alice in Wonderland. Well, I never seen that picture, so it don't matter. The point is, who says we can't just make up a centennial if we want one? It's false advertising. No, it isn't. See, as long as we word it careful enough, nobody needs to know any difference. Look here at this sign I made up before you come in. Celebrate 100 years of clams. You see now, ain't that great? What does that even mean? What's the point? <sighs> see, I ain't saying this stand has been here for 100 years. I'm just saying clams have been here for 100 clams years. Clams have been here for, I don't know, thousands of years. They have? Probably. Really? Those shell middens out around the edge of Sludge Cove have probably been here for thousands of years, at least. Well, that's even better. I mean, what do you call that anyway? A, a thousandennial or something? We could do a lot with that. I think you should probably just stick to the centennial. Don't push hey, it. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Anyways, we can do all kinds of things with this. I mean, we could have a big sale, everything marked down to 1923 prices. Well, okay, maybe not everything. We could sell butter and salt at 1923 prices, and ketchup, and vinegar. But just the regular vinegar, not the malt. Dream big. We could have a clam digger's ball. Oh, you wouldn't know about that. You're too young. But my folks used to tell me about when they was kids, the clam digger's ball was the big event of the social season. Yeah. They'd go down there at the Grange Hall, and they'd have the band going, long-necked cherry stone and his grit-free steamers, and all the clam diggers would be in there with their rubber boots on, all shined up, and clean overalls with the cuffs rolled up, be dancing around. Oh, it was something. They ain't had that in years, though. I guess people just ain't got the spirit no more. Plus, we really haven't got the clams anymore. Well, I suppose that's true, too. Um, look, I wish I could sell just real abysmal point clams, but you just can't get them. I mean, have to use that imported stuff from St. Sistan and Leachfield and them artisanal clams they got from the hipster place in Culvertville. They say it's because we overdug the resource, but you know, I got a, a theory on that. Um, you know, things ain't been the same out on the flat since the fertilizer plant burned down, and I think the stuff that flushed out of there kind of kept the mud rich. You know? Yeah, it's good you're up on the science. Yeah. Hey, Grandin, you got the lunch going yet? Hey, Goody, you got any money in your pocketbook yet? Oh, now, don't be like that, Grandin. Uh, I just had a little bad run of luck there last time, that's all. But uh, things is getting better now. Look here, look here. I just won $25 on a scratcher down at the Irvin. Now, how much did that cost you? Well... About 20, actually, but you got to admit I did make a profit. Now, how about setting me up half a pint of fried clams and a can of moxie? Had morning's work there kind of tires you out. Yeah, you want to learn to pace yourself. On the other hand, though, uh, Lolita, make them steamed. I, I got to watch my cholesterol. Well, you'll have to pay for them once you just put in the fryer. Ah. But on the other hand, what's the point of living if you can't have a little fun, you know? If you have to worry about every little thing. Well, that's a good way to look at it. So, uh, anyways, uh, what's going on? New Year wear out its welcome yet? Well, me and Lolita there was just talking about an idea uh, that we got for getting up a little excitement. How about we have a centennial celebration? 
you know, do it up big. Have lots of big attractions, lots of stuff to do, lots of people around spending money. Oh, that'd be great. You know, I always get kind of lonely when Centennials come around, and, and I think it would be nice to have some big doings. That'll be a lot of work. Well, good work never hurt nobody much. I know, we could have a Beano tent. I, I, I kind of think I'd like to be in charge of that if I could. Can we have a Beano tent? Half a pint of clams, hold the cholesterol. We are all out of moxie, though. Supply chain, yada yada, you know the drill. But we've got this store brand substitute from the shop and drop, Big Value Mixie. What's that taste like? You know how moxie tastes like November? Man. Yeah. Mixie tastes more like February. No. Oh. Late February. No. Oh. Well, never mind then. I'll just have a courtesy cup of water. Uh, make it a large one and no ice. Right away, ma'am. Good, good. Mm. These are are pretty good clams for this time of year. You get them from Culvertville? Uh, Leachfield, actually. I bought them off of that Emmett Cusk. You know, the one that packs his truck over there by by the sop and drop. I wonder if he can get enough for the centennial, though. We're going to go through a lot of clams. Nothing says a centennial patty like hundreds of clams. Remember when they had that bicentennial uh, back in the 70s? Oh, that was a big time, wasn't it? Remember how they, they showed American pride by uh, painting up all the fire hydrants to look like Uncle Sam? Is that who that was supposed to be? I thought it was supposed to be the Nutcracker. Same difference, I guess. Yeah, it was the spirit of the thing that counted. Everybody got all excited. You remember how it was? We had all them fireworks and a, and a big parade, and they had them them bicentennial minutes on television every night, and they sold all them trinkets and bumper stickers and T-shirts and whatnot. It made you real proud, you know, to live in the kind of a country where people can get away with all that. I don't know. I I thought it was kind of a cheat. What do you mean? Well, I remember going through that whole bicentennial, and uh, never once did I see a bison. No, sure, Greasy Watkins had that old cow he flung a flag off the side of and rode on in the parade, but, but I, I didn't see no bison. No, you, you should not be able to do false advertising like that, Grundon. It's deceiving the public. <sighs> anyway, we got to talk to some people here in town and, and, and kind of get things moving on this. Uh, spring's going to be here before you know it, and, and we want to have things started by then. Uh, we got to talk to Edith Manhaden about renting the Grange Hall, and maybe we can get the packing lot over by the town office uh, and set up some games and rides and all that. I'm going to have to call Eunice Pilchard and... Yes, face! Oh, sorry. Set reflex again. You know, you could get help for that. It's very irritating. Hey, what if we get one of them dunk tanks? You know, where they put somebody in there and they act all mouthy and rile up the crowd and and, and people throw baseballs uh, trying to dunk them in the water. You volunteering to be in it? Well, no. I I, I was thinking we put Fish Face in there. I I mean, Eunice. Eunice Pilchard. You see, I'm trying. I'm trying. But I mean, geez, a big town official nobody can't stand. That's a natural. You think she'd do it? Well, uh, here's what you do. You tell her I can't wait to do it. And it's the one thing I've always wanted to do all my life. And I'll be absolutely miserable forever if I can't do it. And she'll step right up and put her name right in. You see if she don't. Well, that's a pretty good idea, actually. There's a 
A lot of people in this town, I think, would like to throw baseballs at Eunice Pilchard. Uh, the hard thing would be getting them to throw at the target. Uh, I think what I'll do is... Hey there, neighbors. Edith, just the person I want to talk to. Oh, I'm fine. Uh, and uh, many happy returns to you as well. Uh, just thought I'd drop in and, and pass the time of day. Uh, uh, that reminds me, um, uh... It's quarter to three, Edith. Thank you, dear. You, you know how it is when you forget to wind your watch. Edith, we got something going here we want to get you thinking about. Uh, you're gonna love this. Oh, yeah. Uh, we heard you on the radio today, uh, talking to that fellow about the 100th anniversary, 100 years thing, that, that theater up to Rockland. And we figured we might do something like that here in Abysmal Point. You mean start a radio station? Oh, I don't think that's a good idea at all. They tell me everything's about podcasting now. Why, I remember when I was a little girl, we used to save the pods whenever we'd have peas, and we'd make them pods into little boats, and we'd go sailing them down into Sludge Cove. No, 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 no. I don't mean that. We want to have a hundredth anniversary right here. Of what? Of clams. Wouldn't they be kind of spoiled by now? I mean, I, I can't get them to keep more than a week. Never mind that. The idea is we're going to have this big celebration, and I figure, well, you being the only person in town that was actually alive a hundred years ago, why, you could be the Grand Marshal. What do you think about that? Well, that's pretty good. Who's the Grand Marshal again? What's that do? I mean, you get a gun and a badge, or you ride a horse, or what, 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 what not? I'm pretty good at hush riding. Uh, well, I remember this one time they was having the hush racers over to the Leachfield Fair, and this jockey got sick from eating fish and chips he bought from a stand. And uh, let that be a lesson to you, uh, not to eat fish and chips that you buy at the fair from a stand. That's good advice, Edith. People ought to keep that in mind. Well, n never mind that, never mind that. When you're the Grand Marshal, you just ride around the big car up the front of the parade and you wave to the people. Is that all I do? Do I at least get a hat? I think I'd like to have a hat. Oh, yeah, we'll get you a hat and everything. Goody, I'm putting you in charge of getting Edith a hat. Oh, what kind you want? I mean, I got a few hats over at the place. I got a, I got a Red Sox hat. Um, I got one of them straw hats that says Hayes Gahagan for Senate on it. Um... I got this fuzzy hat with a tail hangs off the back of it. Oh, I already got one of those. Uh, no, no, wait a minute. Uh, that's my cat. Uh, she don't move around very much. Well, we'll come up with something anyway. Something that looks like a clam. Hi, folks. Hi, Aunt Gertie. Greta, you coming over for supper tonight? I, I got banquet bags. Hmm, yeah, maybe next time. Hey, is Lolita around? In the back, just a second. We got roller derby practice tonight. Big match coming up against the Colvertville Concrete Company Crushed Aggregate. Hey, now wait a minute. You might be just the one I need. Listen, you're good at building stuff, right? I'd like to be in charge of rides. What? I can't even afford a car. Wait, now, didn't I see you driving something the other day? Nah, I put a lawnmower motor on an old shopping cart. It didn't work out. Couldn't get all the wheels to go in the same direction. Ah, right. I hate when that happens. Shut up, Goody. Listen, I'm talking about rides for this big centennial thing that we're going to do. You know, carnival rides and games and all that. Don't you need a license for that? Oh, don't worry about that. We'll take care of everything. 
you just come up with some ideas. You know, thrill rides. Uh, the scrambler, the zipper, uh, that, that giant pirate ship thing that swings back and forth. You know, only make them clam-themed. Oh, now don't get her involved in this. She's got a future. She can't have something like this on her permanent record. Oh, no, I like the sound of it, actually. I love a good challenge. Clam-themed carnival rides. How about the Siphon of Doom? Now you're talking. Now, think about that and write down some more ideas and we'll talk it over. Yeah, I can see it now. The Siphon of Doom, a big clam-shaped water slide thing covered in electric pearls. Or is that oysters? I don't know. I'll work on it. I warned you about these people. Oh, this is going to be great. Isn't it nice to have young people taking an interest in the community project? Well, I better be heading home, too. Uh, the headlight on my motorbike is broke. Um, I thought I could make that jump across the gully in front of the house, but I, I come up just a little bit short. Well, better luck next time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, all right, then. I'll, I'll talk to you folks later. That's the cooler, Edith. Uh, the door's over on the other side. Oh, yeah. All right, then. This thing is moving right along. We're going to have the best centennial anybody ever had. And now, now we got to think up some merch. What's that? Merch, you know, merchandise. T-shirts, hats, beer koozies, that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, they give away some nice stuff like that down to the VFW Beano game in Leechfield. I got this sweatshirt, it says, on the front of it, it says, Beano for life. And on the back it says, there's no such thing as a free space. I think you'd kind of learned that by now. But anyways, but anyways, we got to come up with some stuff we can sell here. Uh, souvenirs and stuff. Uh, something to do with a hundred years of clams. Well, how about putting on it, uh, Grundon's Clamorama for a shell of a good time. Hey, now that's a pretty good slogan. But it needs to have something more to do with being a hundred years old. Well, how about putting a picture of you right on the front? Is that a dig? Because if it is... I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. I mean, Fishface ain't here and it's got to come out somehow. I keep meaning to talk to my therapist about that. Since when do you have a therapist? Well, it's not exactly a therapist, but there's this lady that works at the cigarette warehouse in Culvertville. And, uh, well, we get to talking about stuff. I am going to have to find somebody else so, uh, before I take up smoking again. Look, let's just try to concentrate on, uh... Well, I see you two are working hard at it. Just face, muttonhead. Well, since we all know each other, there's no need to bother with introductions. Listen, Eunice, you're just the one I want to see. Well, thank you, Grundon. I wish I could say the same. I just see Edith Menhaden heading down the street here, and she stops to tell me about how you're up to some new kind of foolishness, and I figured I'd better drop in and put a stop to it before it gets out of hand. Fish face! Gertie, you already said that. Sorry, I, I lost track while she was talking. Look, Eunice, we, we got this great idea. It's going to be something that's really big for the town, all right? People are going to come from all over, and it's going to really put us on the map. And... Well, we want you to be a very important part of it, okay? We're going to have a 100 Years of Clams Centennial Festival this summer. And we're going to have rides and games and food and all kinds of fun stuff. Well, that's the stupidest one idea you ever had. 
Everybody knows clams been around a lot longer than a hundred years. You really should have paid more attention in schools that are sitting there reading them funny books and chewing that clam-flavored gum you was always passing around. Well, you ain't heard the best part of it yet, okay? We're going to have a dunk tank, and we're going to put Gertie right in it. Now, just a minute, Grundon. You said, ow, stomped right on my foot. What's the big idea? Very sorry, Gertie. How clumsy of me. Well, as much as I'd like to see Muttonhead there get soaked, I'm afraid I can't give a permit for something like that. You remember that time they had one of them things down the Knights of Pythias barbecue? And they put that fool Scuppy Hake in there and he caught pneumonia and he sued the town and the, cost us a whole lot of money for damages? I can't have that kind of liability again. Oh, jeez, Eunice. It's going to be such a disappointment, not just to me, but to, to poor Gertie here. Poor, poor Gertie. Oh, now wait a minute, Grundon. I see what you... Ow! Will you watch it? I really am so clumsy today. I'm so sorry. Anyways, Eunice, it's like this. See, all her life, Gertie has loved dunk tanks. Ever since she was just a little girl, and all her life it's been her biggest ambition... Her biggest dream ever of all time to actually be in a dunk tank. Nothing would give Gertie more real, lasting happiness than to be sitting there on a beautiful summer day in a dunk tank. And now, well, I mean, geez, here you come to take it away from her. Just like that. I mean, Eunice, how? How can you be so hateful? Yeah, fish face, how can you be so hateful? Look here. I'm even crying. There, there, Gertie. I'm afraid you're doomed to be disappointed one more time. We just can't have a dunk tank. Well, now, wait a minute there, Grundon. Maybe I'm being a, a little hasty on this whole thing. Maybe I can see a way clear. Oh, that'd be wonderful, Eunice. You know, I always said that underneath it all you had a good heart. Ain't that right, Gertie? Don't I always say that? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you, you say that a whole lot, you do. And ain't this gonna make you happy? Oh, yes. Yes, it will make my dreams come true. How's that, Grundon? You think she bought it? Shut up, Gertie. Let me handle this. Yes, indeed, Eunice. Gertie's life is to be made whole because of your kindness, your magnanimity, and your big-hearted generosity in letting her finally live her dream of being in a dunk tank. Thank you, Eunice. Thank you. From the bottom of her heart. Well, now, is that so? How about this? You can have your dunk tank, but only if I get to be in it instead of you. What do you think about that, Gertie? Oh, no. No. Perish forbid. My dreams are ruined. How can you be so cruel? Oh, Eunice, how can you do this to poor Gertie? <laughs> it's easy when you know how. <laughs> well, I forgot all about what I come in here for, but it don't matter. I gotta slim down to get in my bathing suit <laughs> before summer. <laughs> Sorry to wreck your dreams, Gertie. <laughs> Fish face. What'd I tell you, Gertie? 
We're gonna have Eunice in the dunk tank, and you're gonna have a line right out to here. Oh, this is gonna be great. Can I this throw is the gonna first be one ball? Of the best can I please throw the first ball? Can I throw the first ball? And if you're wondering how this is all gonna turn out, well, so are we. But we promise there'll be more to the story in our April broadcast. And wrapping up for February, here comes Brittany. Parker rounding things out as we reach 98% of our centennial broadcast, and here to bring us up to an even hundred is our brother Bookham. One hundred years old. But if it's true that you're only as old as you feel, the Strand Theatre is still in the flush of its vigorous youth with the latest in independent film, live musical acts that take you from yesterday to tomorrow, an educational and community program that hits you right where you live. And our new Century series will continue on into 2023 with unique entertainment that transcends our very walls. Make our 101st year as exciting as all of those past. See what's happening every day 
at the Strand. As ever, Dan. And likewise, as ever, we race the big hand up the left side of the clock to thank you, to thank Brittany and all our friends at MCMA and all our Strand family players and to shoot out a hundred years worth of SFLs to all the dear young people who are scattered all the way from the new county road to Guam because no matter how far away you are, you're never far away. We'll be back on the air in April with 34 pages of new stuff, so until then, come to see us at the Real Life Strand, where there's always something doing that's worth your time. Till then, I'm your house manager, Liz McLeod, saying stay safe, stay sharp, and we'll see you soon. All right, grab the brooms and clean up. Let's go! Strand on the Air, centennial edition, electrically transcribed due to the miracle of Tesla and Edison is written and directed by the much younger Elizabeth McLeod, with musical direction by the incredibly young Brittany Parker. Our Strand family players are Lily Bonarigo, Anna Frangiosa, Brad Ganell, Katie Melby, and Olivia Vanna. Technical assistance by Anna Frangiosa and the divine Jesse Dent. This is Dan Bookham speaking for the whole Strand family, wishing you good night, good health, and the second hundred years of good entertainment. Strand on the Air comes to you from the 100-year-old Strand Theater in beautiful downtown Rockland, Maine. WRFR LP 93.3 in Rockland and coming to you all over the World Wide Web at WRFR.org.